Welcome to Philanthropy Today. Our goal is to inspire giving by educating listeners on ways to give and how to connect with charitable causes. My name is Dave Lewis. I'm your host of Philanthropy Today. Thank you for joining the show. We're continuing in our Philanthropy Today series, talking about their 25th anniversary in 2024. And one of the things, Vern, that we'd like to be able to do here within our discussions is get a little perspective, a little bit of history. And we're doing so by visiting with past presidents of the GMCF board. Indeed, it's been a great opportunity to walk through history with our past presidents and learn a little bit about uh, the decisions that were made during that specific year. And pleased to have Terry Arthur with us here, who was the board chair in 2010-11 and uh, did a great job and probably was a part of even putting the bylaws together for the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. So welcome, Terry. Thank you. Glad to be here this morning. You uh, and your family have quite a legacy in town. You know, your father was very involved in the community after uh, his service and uh, then, you know, getting his law degree and doing a lot of things in the community. And so that carries over, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Um, my dad uh, was very community minded, as I can uh, relate to you. Uh, we came here to Manhattan in 1947 after uh, he had been in the Navy for four years and it was a carrier pilot. And then uh finished law school, we moved here, uh, and he started a, a law practice with another fellow, and then became county attorney. And then eventually he was on the city commission and um, was mayor of Manhattan. And then he ran for the legislature, was in the leg in the House, was Speaker of the House, and uh, was um, in the Senate, ran for lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I don't, most people now wouldn't know this, but I think they would relate to it is uh, when he was on the city commission, uh, was right after the 51 flood, and we mm -hmm. lived down on Juliet, and we went out in a rowboat, so he was very <laughs> cognizant of uh, the flood, and it came up before the city commission as to whether we should build a dike around the city of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a lot of opposition to that because of uh, the, the expense involved, and everybody thought Tuttle Creek would uh, save the city from flooding. And my dad, uh, of course, lived through that, and he knew that a good share of the water that came into Manhattan came from the Kansas River. Mm -hmm. And so uh, by a vote of like three to two or something, it carried to build the dam around the city. And uh, if you remember in 1993, it was lapping at the yep. top the top <laughs> of that dam that would have flooded Manhattan again. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I point that out because uh, his community service was significant for well, Manhattan. Certainly. And, uh, and so I, you know, I watched him over those years and, uh, uh, it's something that I'm interested in too, but, uh, certainly that I had a good mentor. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about the community <laughs> service for you. And, uh, you know, you've been obviously involved in a lot of things over the years. I have. Everybody asked me when I started practicing law, are you going to run for the legislature? <laughs> I said, no. I don't like that. My dad liked it, but I didn't want to. So I decided to do other things, and so I have. And, I've, you know, I've done things uh, with, the, with the church, of course, and uh, with the Community Foundation and Metal Ark Hills and Shepherd's Crossing and the uh, hospital. And so I've tried to do service uh, through those various things, and it's been uh, something that I've enjoyed doing. But you certainly have had a lot of vision with the community, a lot of experience in a lot of different ways, you know, working on behalf of the community. And let's talk a little bit about your contributions of time, treasures, and talent. And you bring a lot to the table when it comes to the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. So how did you get involved? 
Well, I was originally asked to be on the board of directors. Uh, I don't remember exactly who asked me to do that. Uh, as I said, I wasn't the founder, so this would have been four or five years after they started. But Mark Knockendorf and, and Jim Gordon and Jim uh, Morrison were good friends, and I watched what they did. And uh, when they asked me to be on the board and to be a trustee, I was very ready to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm glad that I was asked. And of course, as the Community Foundation has gone on for all these years, it's prospered so well. I don't really think anybody at that time, and, and those guys will tell you, envisioned the kind of success right. that it's had, which was a large part due to Vern's efforts. You know, as the, uh, as the years have gone by, I think we've seen less involvement in the government, you know, in terms of helping places that are needy in the community. And so it's a perfect opportunity for the Community Foundation to step in mm. and supply uh, that situation where there isn't enough to help people. And we do that in a variety of ways. And the other thing that's kind of interesting to me is uh, the interest that people have in giving for those kinds of situations. And, uh, you know, I've heard often that uh, when people are wanting to give, you really need to give them an opportunity to give, not so much convince them to give. Right. And so that's what the Community Foundation does is they have an opportunity. And so they have a variety of different ways, but donor buys funds and various uh, fundraising events. And it's just been an amazement over the years how people have uh, really caught on to the Community Foundation and have used it for giving. And that's, of course, why we've uh, done so well. You know, you talk about, uh, you know, your term in 2011. You had a significant, highly impactful event happen with a gift from uh, the Goldstein Family Foundation. And that was a game changer for the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, or I guess at that time, the Manhattan Community Foundation, wasn't right. it? Right, it was. Uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, the Community Foundation was uh, doing okay at that time. Uh, I think when I took over, the assets were uh, somewhere around $12 million. And that was, that was good. I mean, that was more than the founders thought they would have by mm -hmm. that period of time, by quite a bit. But the thing that really uh, changed, I think, the Community Foundation and the ability that we have to help others was the um, bequest by Jack Goldstein right. to the Community Foundation of steel and pipe stock. And um, of course, we all know Jack was very philanthropic minded over his whole lifetime. And most of his estate, I think, went to a charitable trusts or other ways. Mm -hmm. But this was an actual bequest of stock to Community Foundation. When we found out about that, and I worked with Dennis Mullen and Steve Strubing, their attorney, uh, we knew that the amount that was being uh, potentially gifted, approximately $22 million, would have uh, caused the Community Foundation to lose its tax-exempt status. Mm. And the reason for that was is that if you're going to have a public charity where you, and that's what we had uh, in order to, uh, to be tax exempt. Not more than 30% of your assets can be contributed by one person. And this would have been way more than that. And so that wasn't going to work. So we had, we had to work and figure out how we should do that. Reporting organization was the natural 
uh, way. We didn't have a supporting organization at that time. Now we have several, but we didn't have one. And um, I wasn't sure about that. Uh, I talked to some uh, attorneys in Kansas City that did that to see how they did it, how it worked before we took off on it. So it was agreeable with the trustees of the Jack Goldstein, primarily Dennis Mullen, to go ahead and have that money go into a supporting organization mm -hmm. instead of the community foundation. And of course it required a separate board and uh, you know, separate articles, separate tax return. Mm -hmm. But the problem was that the will of Jack Goldstein said the stock was to go into the community foundation. Mm -hmm. And under Kansas law, you can't redirect a bequest uh, without the approval of the court. And so we brought that up and said, if we're going to do it, we got to go to court and have the judge approve the transfer from, instead of going to Community Foundation, go to the Community Foundation of the Flint Hills. I didn't think it'd be a problem, and neither did Tyler, and, and we were able to accomplish that. But we did have to have a court case, and the judge had to rule that he felt it was within Jack Goldstein's donative intent to have uh, this go into this uh, supporting organization. I would almost imagine, Vern, that we were pretty fortunate to have someone that has a legal mind <laughs> like Terry Arthur to be in the leadership capacity of the foundation to help guide through that. Well, there's no doubt uh, Terry's time on the board of all six years, but certainly this year it was significant during that event when Jack left the gift. It was stock, it wasn't cash, and that gift has grown significantly, which has certainly helped the assets of the foundation. But um, the way the support and organizational element works is, uh, in this case, it was a nine-member board. The foundation has to appoint the majority of the members, and so uh, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation or Manhattan Community Foundation at that time appointed five trustees and then the uh, Steel and Pipe Supply Company appointed four members to the board to compensate the nine-member board there. And so then they made the decisions with the board approval on how the grants would come from the Goldstein funds. So it was a great setup, it certainly made a tremendous difference for the community and the community foundation to have Jack leave the, those funds here. So. Yeah, one other problem that we had was that um, we didn't think it was going to be quite as helpful to the community foundation or to our new Flint Hills, uh, community foundation of the Flint Hills, to own stock in um, uh, steel and pipe supply. We didn't, we wouldn't have enough voting power to make any difference. And so Dennis proposed that we have a different kind of stock instead of common stock, a preferred stock. And the advantage to that was is that they would agree that we would receive a minimum amount every year of $200,000 from a steel and pipe, and it wouldn't matter what their, what their income was, whereas with regular stock, the dividends are subject to the board and can vary from year to year. And so that was great. And so the board knew they had that to work with every year, and so we did. And now, Vern could tell you, the, the dividends have um, multiplied much beyond that. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much money there is there now for community benefit from this Jack Goldstein uh, amount. So that's all worked pretty good. And, and then initially, uh, the board, uh, like a lot of uh, not-for-profits, uh, you you know, once charities in the community find out you got money, they'd like to have help, which is fine. And so we had lots of them come before us. And so initially, we started helping them with their annual budget. And probably we do eight or ten a year. And then we decided that 
you know, when you do it one year, then that's kind of part of their funding. And so you've got to do it every year. And so we kind of backed off from that and decided, no, what we want to do is help do development projects. And, uh, and so we have. Uh, and, and I'm still on the board of, uh, of what's called now the Goldstein Foundation. We changed the name of it. And, and so, for instance, um, we just made a, a large request to the Museum for Art and Light mm-hmm. that's going up. We've done them for a McCain Auditorium, uh, the school district for uh, uh, scholarships for the teachers, just various things in the community. Another one was the Wareham Opera House. Mm-hmm. You know, these groups are trying to raise $20, 30000000 million, and so it's important that they find uh, someone that can do the larger amounts, and that kind of fit with our most sure. recent idea of how we should do it. Sure. I bet that if uh, Jack now had some perspective on where the Community Foundation is in 2024, that he and, and I'm sure Joanne also be very proud of, you know, where the Community Foundation has uh, grown in the last 12 years, 13 years since uh, his passing. Oh, no doubt. Uh, as as we have said, Jack was very community minded and uh Whenever the community needed something and nobody else had the money, Jack would step forward. Mm -hmm. And now he would know that uh, what he had been doing a lot of when he was alive, the Community Foundation, you know, does uh, going forward. One interesting kind of bit of history, you know, when they were going to build the mall downtown, one of the requirements was that that there be an anchor on the west side of town, which is now the Colony Square. Nobody else wanted to to do it. They didn't know who would rent it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Jack stepped up, built the Colony Square, and now we have the the, uh, downtown uh, mall. So that was the kind of thing mm. that uh, that he did. And another thing, we uh, we supported things at the university, like McCain Auditorium, and Joanne was part of that. Uh, I can remember uh, my wife was on the board of the auditorium, and she came home and said, we think we have some problems with the floor up here. <laughs> uh, they've been drilling holes in the floor for 10 years, and now the floor's not strong enough to hold mm. anybody. So... Dennis and I went up there, and, and I can't remember who the director was. And, and yes, the floor needed help, but it also turned out that the electric system was antiquated. Right. And so was the sound system. And so we did a lead gift, a matching gift, mm-hmm. to the McCain Auditorium for those things. Basically, as a result of that gift, we now have those very important things All for right. McCain Auditorium, which is certainly a benefit to Manhattan. Well, and do, uh, to go back to Colony Square a little bit, uh, the Community Foundation has resided in the Colony Square for almost that time. So we've been a resident here in four different locations in the Colony Square office complex. So the history lives on with Jack uh, every day. So Well, and also, Vern, now Steel and Pipe now has their offices here. Mm-hmm. And those of you that know the history of Manhattan, their offices used to be down on 3rd Street in the old warehouse down yeah. there. <laughs> And uh, so Jack had this brand new building up here and no tenants. So why not put his office up there? And they've been here ever since. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about Terry Arthur. So, Terry, you had uh, tremendous challenges with the Goldstein Foundation gift while you were president. But you've seen a lot of things and you've been very involved in the Community Foundation in so many different aspects. Let's talk about some of the things that you have gained and some of the things that you're proud of in your time being involved in the GMCF. I would go to two things. The first was the Community Foundation taking over the YES Fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know what that is. Uh, it's a fund that was developed uh, 
help various educational and and youth related programs and it started small but now it's a tremendous thing and there is lots of money being used for that and we decided during my term that the yes fund would become part of the community mm-hmm. foundation it wasn't before that and it has been since that time and so that's really worked very well i would say that would be an one of the most important things that that we did. Another thing would be, um, and I really wasn't involved in this so much, but uh, affiliates that Vern has pretty much, you know, started, which are community organizations all over Eastern Kansas. I don't know how many we have now, 15 or so. Soon to be 21. Yeah, 21. So think about that, where not only have we benefited Manhattan and the surrounding area, now we have helped all of Northeast Kansas, and they've raised their own money, but Vern and his staff have guided them. And I think they even have a How Foundation kind of a match, and that was I'm going to mention that in a minute. But those affiliates uh, have really been impactful to the whole Northeast Kansas, and I'm not sure a lot of them would have come into uh, effect without uh, our guidance and support. Right. But the other big one, and probably uh, as much as anything now, is the Grow Green Day. And uh, that wasn't there when I was, I don't think, even on the board. I think Byrne was the one that worked with Phil Howe on that. But that is has been a tremendous impact to Manhattan. And we now have developed a Howe Family Foundation, which I'm on the board of that. And we work with Phil on making uh, charitable bequests out of that, including the match on Grow Green this last year. I think the match was over $400,000. <laughs> I can't, can't remember. I was involved in Grow Green some way the first time or the second time. And Phil was in Arizona and I called him up and I said, well, you need to know how your match went. The good news is we got a lot more organizations <laughs> that matches you $140,000. <laughs> but that didn't bother him. But we're getting to the point now where that's a pretty significant amount for anyone. But just look at when we started, I think we had maybe 20 or so. There were 24 organizations in the, at the first year yeah. and we just reached $100,000. And so... Uh, now we're almost to a hundred and uh, and over a million dollars. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, that may be the the most significant thing that the community foundation has done over the years because any organization, if they're a charity, could apply. And uh, I know a couple that I thought were very worthwhile, but they weren't very well supported, you know, by the community. Uh, even though I thought they did good work, so they applied and they got ten, fifteen thousand dollars, which was really important for them. So I know Shepherd's Crossing, which uh, I was on the board and president of for a while. They were the, are they, I don't know if they were this year, the number one mm-hmm. uh, beneficiary. And they've always done well. Yeah, and the reason is they they do so much. I mean, people that can't pay their rent or electricity or prescriptions, right. Shepherd's Crossing helps them with that. Uh, and it's just amazing what this Grow Green thing has done for help in the community. What does it mean to you to be a part of GMCF and this legacy that we've uh, been able to uh, build over the last 25 years? Well, I don't know if everybody does this, but, you know, when you get to be my age, I'll be 80 here in a year. You look back on your lifetime and what Mm -hmm. you've done. And um, uh, I really think and I've told my kids this and other people that I've had the opportunity to, to talk to. 
you know, the best thing you can do in life is help others. And you don't always have that opportunity to do it yourself. I mean, we all make donations, you know, the church and, and communities. But to be part of an organization like the Community Foundation that helps so many people, and you look back and say, I was a small part of that. I wasn't a founder, and probably most of the credit goes to them for thinking of doing it and getting it started. But then everybody that's been on the board and uh, the employees, really good staff that we have, they all have contributed towards that. And we can all say that, uh, that the community is better because of what we did. We're better because of what you did. Well, thank you. And uh, we're very grateful so. to have had this time to visit with you and uh, looking forward to uh, sharing in the celebration of 25 years of the GMCF with you coming yeah. up with the, the CFAs in March. And, Absolutely. Uh, thanks for all you do. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Philanthropy Today, an inside look at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. You can always learn more about the GMCF at our website, mcfks.org. We also invite you to subscribe to Philanthropy Today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lewis. I'm proud to host Philanthropy Today. It's hosted and produced in the Ad Astra Cast Studios in downtown Manhattan, Kansas.